A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Full Gear 2021 is but a few days away, so I, Simon Miller here at What Culture, have written a poem. Music, please. It is the week of Full Gear. I'm sure it has your ear. Hangman losing is our fear, and if he wins, we will cheer. That was terrible, wasn't it? And I am very sorry. But you've tuned in, and there's nothing you can do about it. Not true. You could just close the video down. Don't do that. And instead, come and join me and the Finger of Power as we give the good bits up and the bad bits are down. For the latest episode of AEW Dynamite, which obviously also is the go-home show for the pay-per-view. As you can tell, I'm very excited. Let's up those doubts. I think Okada may be coming to All Elite Wrestling because within the first five minutes of this show, every single commentator was just like, oh, Okada, do you know who I love, Okada? Rainmaker, Rainmaker, where is Okada? So that forbidden door has swung open and if it hasn't, pfft, what the hell were we doing? And the whole point of this was that Rocky Romero was about to fight Brian Danielson, but beforehand Rocky Romero had told the best friends, hey, I have been chatting to Okada and he says you guys can be in chaos. So that is just going to go brilliant and send thousands of people wild as soon as we hear that coin drop. When the hell it's going to happen, I don't know, but I want you to know I am pumped for this. And speaking of being pumped, like I just said, the first match on this week's episode of AEW Dynamite was Brian Danielson versus Rocky Romero. This isn't me having a problem, it's me opening the forbidden door again, up. They shook hands so that you knew they were good guys, and then they just started to do this technical wrestling, which was some kind of puzzle that even Professor Layton would have a problem sorting out. And then I presume that Orange Cassidy enjoyed it, because when Brian Danielson was thrown to the outside, he did his whole pockets thing, and I've looked into it, I've done my research, I think that's how he shows joy. Danielson was also kind of fascinated by this. We didn't see Rocky Romero just diving out of the ring. And then when they got back in the squared circle, it was back to that weird puzzle submission stuff. I mean, that was like I was trying to do karate. The point was, it was really good. Rocky then decided to hit the escalate button. So he hit a hurricane rana and a sliced bread number two. And don't you dare compare it with sliced bread number one. When they were fighting on the top rope, somehow Romero changed that into a crossbody. He then went for an arm bar, but Danielson didn't like that, so he started to powerbomb his ass. 
this is brilliant. It all built to a big crescendo. And once again, the American Dragon was like, ha ha, you don't know what move I'm going to bust out as my finisher. And I believe this week, it was the armor platter crab. And it always makes me giggle because I'm an eight-year-old child. And I'm like, ha they said crab. I really like crabs, it's just a cool animal. It allowed Brian to get the tap out win and also ask the question, who right now in the entire world is better than this man? Answers on a postcard, but I'm gonna read them and throw them all the way, because I think he's number one. As this was a go home dynamite for full gear as well, everybody decided to get nuts, which is good advice, especially because Michael Keaton told us that years ago. But it was everything going on between the inner circle and American top team, and honestly, this went crazy crazy really quick because as the inner circle were making their entrance, they got jumped and they basically got killed. I mean, Junior Dos Santos was laying in his fist like they were hammers and he also had a kendo stick. So clearly he'd been talking to somebody who's been wrestling for a while. And they were like, man, just look under the ring and the kendo stick will appear. And Andrei Arlovsky was just throwing people into ring steps and trying to destroy everything. This was carnage. If you can believe it too, a table then got thrown into the ring where Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky and Dan Lambert powerbombed Jericho threw it. So that's right, Dan Lambert, that guy were all like, boo, boo, boo. He just got one over Christopher Jericho. The men of the year then screamed that they will ensure that Lambert gets the final fall on Saturday just to rub in the wound. And then talking about wound rubbing, Dan Lambert put Chris Jericho in the walls of Jericho while screaming, it's called a Boston Crab, it's called a Boston Crab. I know I've said it before, but I'll say it again. Dan Lambert is brilliant. It also meant that this evening was the night of the crab, so I was doing backflips. And the best thing about all of it is that it went from kind of ha-ha comedy to super serious 9,000 in around about two minutes. So I thought this was very well done and it made ATT come across like crazy people. And sure, now you can go, well, I don't think they did this because the inner circle are gonna win on Saturday. But the inner circle should win on Saturday because I imagine they're going to be there week to week and it's getting it up. All the madness from the last few weeks then came together because it was Ty Conte teaming with Anna J teaming with Thunder Rosa to take on Britt Baker, Rebel and Jamie Hayter. Up. Jamie Hayter and Thunder Rosa got into it straight away and that ties into a tag team match we're going to have on the buy-in before full gear. But then we soon broke it down to Thunder Rosa staring off with Britt Baker. And of course, this is the feud we all want to see. And if I was going to make a prediction right now, I would say that Thunder Rosa will be the person to win the AEW title from the dentist. That doesn't make me any kind of like wrestling intelligent person. That's not even a sentence. Just seems pretty obvious. Britt legged it in fear because she didn't want to deal with this and she tagged in Rebel. But when that didn't go well, Team DMD basically cast distraction and cheated in order to get the upper hand. Because I don't know whether you've noticed, watching AEW Dynamite, they don't really play by the rules. You could kind of tell what was going to happen too because AEW is always super smart with this stuff because they stick to the simple storyline and nine times out of 10, the simple storyline is the one you want to tell. But after the tag clacks and ah had gone off and everybody was hitting their moves, Ty Conte was left in the ring with Rebel. So she hit her with the DDT after Britt Baker had gone, nah, I don't want to deal with this. She got the one, two, three. So now she has the momentum going into the weekend. And I do not believe she will become the AEW Women's Champion, but this is the way you plant a seed. So it is easy peasy, lemon squeezy, and man, do I regret saying that. And I'm sure Rebel or something will get involved at full gear, but they just do that all the time. Anyway, Ty Conte will give her her best shot, but she'll lose. It's just so easy to take in. It was then time to remind you about homegrown talent because it was Jungle Boy taking on Anthony Bowens. Now why Jungle would decide to have a match like this just days before Full Gear, I don't know. 
But if Brian Danielson can do it, why can't he? The boy is just getting better each and every single week and he was flying around here like some kind of aggressive plane. If it hadn't been for Max Castor on their outside, he probably would have mopped the floor with Big Tone. But this is the acclaimed, they cheat. So once again, they cheated. The best part about all of it though, is that it didn't work. And in fact, it failed miserably. Cause at one point, Max just jumped up on the apron. So Jungle Boy got rid of him with a dive. And even though Anthony Bowens hit him with a DDT, he kicked out of that, he applied the snare trap. Anthony tapped out, Jungle Boy wins. And have you noticed how Jungle has been getting more aggressive recently? I mean, he's even got a beard now, and I don't think this is by accident. And as a quick aside, I really like the acclaimed. I just think they're quite entertaining, and all of this is getting it up. It does also seem that you make a lot of enemies when you are in the jungle, because as soon as this was over, Bobby Fish came out, and he started to attack Jungle Boy. And I was like, oh, I understand why this is happening. Because obviously Bobby Fish is from the ocean and Jungle Boy is from the jungle. And that's just a war that is never gonna die. Eventually Christian and Luchasaurus made the save, but I do tell you, they took their time to get down there. And this was building to Rampage where we are indeed gonna do Jungle Boy versus Bobby Fish. Now at this juncture, I was like, but why would Bobby Fish do this apart from the whole sea thing? Then I had to hand in my wrestling nerd card because AEW explained it and I can't believe I didn't cut it on. Because we zoomed to the back where Adam Cole was hanging out with the Young Bucks. He was like, oh, Matt and Nick, let me introduce you to my friend, Mr. Fish. Because, of course, in NXT, they were the undisputed era. I know, I know, somebody should shoot me out of a cannon. So basically, Adam has recruited Bob again to soften up Jungle Boy before their pay-per-view. And the real worry here is, again, this is the wood versus the water which means we, as a species known as humans, are in all the trouble in the world, because I did some investigations, and we need both of them to survive. Now, I don't know what I'm talking about. Between all of this too, we got this wonderful video for Hangman Adam Page versus Kenny Omega, and you just need to go and watch it. By the end of it, you'll be running through walls. You'll be so excited by this match. And given that we have another segment later, I shall hold my thoughts off till then. But yeah, pretty damn brilliant. And it was the same with Eddie Kingston and CM Punk who also got the video treatment here. And all I'm going to say to you is everybody needs to go and read Kingston's articles that he posted online this week. My word, somebody will be chopping onions. Wardlow was then in action. And as always happens when Wardlow is in action, I just sit there and go, man, I really like Wardlow. I mean, when he turns on MGF, it is going to absolutely rock. And he was taking on Wheeler Yuta here, who I also enjoy. But sadly for Wheels, well, this was not his evening. Wardlow was just in a horrendous mood, powerbombed him over and over again, then kneed him in the face and beat him for the one, two, three. I mean, he honestly must have done this in about two minutes. Afterwards, the Hardy family office ran in just to beat up Orange Cassidy, who was out there with Wheeler Utah, because of course, Matt Hardy hates Orange Cassidy more than my bald head hates direct exposure to sunlight. Just burns really easy. It does mean that we are heading back to the Orange Cassidy, Matt Hardy stuff, especially because he gave him the twist of fate on a chair and they are gonna fight on this week's AEW Rampage in a lumberjack match. So I guess we're moving on from the hair thing, which is a shame because I thought that would have been a big deal, but all of this was fine. Up. We then jumped to the back where Eddie Kingston and CM Punk were fighting again and they had to be broken up. And the big question here is who of the flubble sticks is actually gonna win? And I know most people go, well, of course it's gonna be CM Punk. He's been away for seven years. But what if, my friends, keep asking yourself this, what if? It was then time for a tag match that I have been ready for for a long ass time because Leo Rush was finally making his way back to the ring. He was teaming with Dante Martin in order to take on Lee Moriarty and Matt Seidel. 
and this was just like being sprayed with a fun gun. And that is not a euphemism, I just mean it was really entertaining. Uh, the real joy of all of this was Leo Rush because he's just so damn talented. Like he hits the go button and he moves so fast, you're able to say stupid things like, oh, it's like he's going faster than the speed of light. Although of course he isn't because you wouldn't actually be able to witness it. But I honestly could just watch him wrestle forever. Once again, also a lie, eventually I get bored, but he's just able to do all of this stuff. He's good. It was basically the same with all the other three as well, because the talent in this thing was through the roof. And as ever, I know it's boring, but Dante Martin just continues to improve and continues to improve. And Matt Seidel is just an underrated gem. And Lee Moriarty has all the things he needs in order to climb to the top. Leo and Matt went at it for a little while, and you know how that goes. And eventually, I swear, Rush must have hit every single wrestling move that has ever been invented. And because, of course, it is 2021, we also saw some dives. But then Moriarty and Martin, they climbed to the top rope and they came crashing down in one of those spots that makes you go, oh, I, oh, I couldn't handle that. I mean, they really crashed down hard. Given that Leo Rush had done away with Matt Seidel at this point too, Dante Martin did that wonderful looking springboard double moonsault thingamajig and he got the one, two, three. And I tell you, Dante Martin and Leo Rush are going to be a really, really good tag team. They were just flying all over the place. I thought this was good. Miro then lost it with Brian Danielson. Now I thought this may have gone down after the first match, but instead he had one of these wonderful video packages of his and he ended it by saying, you can never say hello to your wife again in order for me to say hello to mine. Now I think I paraphrased that a little bit, but the point is nobody, and I mean nobody in the entirety of wrestling is coming up with lines like Miro and I got this small feeling in my tum-tum that he may actually win on Saturday. I mean, he won't, but he may color me excited. Pack versus Dax Hardwood was next, and I get it on paper, you wouldn't call this a blockbuster match, but honestly, you gotta go and watch this five stars all over the place, and it is getting it up. It started with wrestling until Pack went, oh yeah, I can do everything, so he German suplexed Dax Hardwood's ass, and when Dax was on the outside, Pack just did this frankly ludicrous dive, and he hit him so hard, I think he busted open Dax's arm or something, because I tell you, there was blood. It then continued for a while like this, and every single move was just so hard hitting, but nothing compared to the top rope brain buster that Pack gave Dax. I could watch this 100 times and on every occasion I go because he just lands so damn viciously. If it wasn't for Tully Blanchard rings I go get up please get up. Who the hell knows what would have happened. It really did motivate him because Harwood was able to get back to his feet before he hit a stiff brain buster of his own and then these two fools went back to the top rope and Harwood gave Pack a backward suplex. Now do not forget, a backward suplex when you're standing on the floor is bad enough, but these two guys were like eight foot in the air and then they just toppled backwards. I'm sorry, I don't care who you are, that is scary. They continued with this attempted murder before thankfully Pat locked in the brutalizer and Dax Harwood tapped out, which he did instantly, which is always good because it makes it seem like it's even more of a killer maneuver and you need to go and watch this. I know I've said it, I'll say it again. They are just two excellent, excellent wrestlers and I will shout about them all day long. Before you could say boo to a goose, Cash Wheeler was down there, because of course he was like, oh, I'm gonna beat Pack up. And then the lights went out. 
so you know that I was pleased straight away. If any kind of wrestling company wants to do a lights out spot even 42 times within the same evening, on the 42nd time, I'll be going, woo, yeah, do it. Of course, that was to signal the arrival of Malachi Black and Andrade, and I've been thinking about this, and I figured it out. Obviously, we know Malachi Black has powers, so I presume before he did his teleporting, Andrade held onto him, and as long as your skin is touching Malachi Black, when he does go bloop, bloop, and appear in the ring, you go with him. I don't know whether that's true or not, but I'm standing by it. They started to kick ass until Cody and the Lucha Brothers made the save, and this is all tying into Fall Gear. I tell you, it's just like playing Jenga in reverse, and everything is fitting in nicely. There was then another video for MJF versus Darby Allen, and once more, that was truly terrific. And then we moved into our main event segment, which was a contract signing between Kenny Omega, the AEW World Champion, and Hangman Adam Page. And I know wrestling is doing contract signings way too much, but when you have this much emotion and a twist, who the flub cares? Oh. It started simply as Hangman told us that he can't wait to sign this contract and get to Saturday because finally he was going to become the champion when Kenny Omega started to fire back and he basically said, look, we and the elite were all behind you but your insecurities and your constant failures ruined it for everybody and I used to see a little bit of Kenny Omega in you but man was I wrong and man am I disappointed. <laughs> Good grief, this is like an angry dad. Adam then made a subtle reference to Kota Ibushi so the internet melted down when he he said, well, Ken, you should know about being the weak link of a tag team. And then made it very clear that Kenny Omega never was his pal. Deep down, he was scared of him. This seemed to hit a call with Omega who stood up and said, you know what, for one last time, let's shake hands because I do respect you. And at that very moment, the cameraman nailed Hangman with the camera. And it was like, well, what on earth was that about? They soon unmasked and revealed themselves to be, of course, none other than Tom Callis. And the best thing about all of it is that Tom Callis had a mask on, but he was also wearing a fake beard because clearly he didn't want anybody to know he was there. And just to follow up to, he has spent the last six weeks hiding in his basement. Man, oh man, do I enjoy Don Gallus. This camera shot hit Hangman so hard, though, he started to believe. And I want you to hear my words as they come out of my mouth. Because of this, Kenny Omega, who hadn't signed the contract yet, took Adam Page's blood, and that's how he signed the deal. Now, I'm no lawyer, but I'm pretty sure that wouldn't stand up in court. But what a flipping visual. This was just so good with both guys playing their role perfectly. And when Hangman Adam Page does win on Saturday, and he does finally become the AEW champion, after what, two, three years of story, we should all be jumping around like crazy. This has been a super duper well worked wrestling angle. So I can't wait for the pay-per-view, which is the whole point of your go-home show. And I think on paper, it looks like it could be one of the best AEW shows ever. We shall have to wait and see. But overall, it is getting it up. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.